Welcome to Blockchain Recorded, the podcast for the tech curious, where we talk about anything and everything related to the exponentially evolving crypto, blockchain, and Web 3.0 space. Our mission is simple, to share knowledge, facilitate discourse, and help evolve education in blockchain fundamentals, decentralization solutions, and relevant use cases for today's digital economy. We at Blockchain Recorded are not registered investment advisors and do not deal with financial or trading token elements, nor offer any licensed financial services. The content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, while the opinions of all parties involved are their own. I'm your host, Nina Tserar, and now let's talk blockchain. So before I introduce our guest today, I have a couple of brief updates for our community. We invite everyone to join us on Twitter Spaces, where we pre-stream each episode the day before it goes public on all major podcast platforms. For the platform list, visit our website, blockchainrecorded.com. This episode is dedicated to the Web3 Stronger Together ecosystem initiative and its first virtual summit, which took place between March 1st and March 4th, 2023 in Evelyn's Metaverse, a virtual platform uniting several hundred Web3 leaders and thinkers, over 100 projects and speakers, and over 5,000 attendees from across the world. The purpose of Web3 Stronger Together, with which Blockchain Recorded is a proud media partner, is to demonstrate to the crypto community that the Web3 ecosystem is strong, solidary, active, and committed to furthering innovation despite the status of the market and nature of price speculations. It emphasizes the importance of fairness, inclusivity, diversity, and sustainability to furthering healthy Web3 fundamentals. The summit included many panel discussions with assigned topics, which Blockchain Recorded is redistributing in audio form. The seventh panel discussion on March 1st covered the topic of the rise in crypto gaming, namely how Gamify and Web3 are democratizing the industry and empowering the player. The speakers were Maurice Deus, the co-founder of Tudu Global and Crypto Entrepreneur, and Adi Seidman, the CEO of Revel XYZ and longtime game developer turned entrepreneur. Interestingly, Adi created the online Matrix game from the well-known Matrix movie. The speakers discuss how Web3 and Gamify are improving the gaming industry with respect to building equity and shifting power and ownership to users. They further speak about mass adoption, how users can influence builders, the issue of maximalist behavior, open-mindedness, and new sustainable Gamify business models, among other relevant topics. The following is the panel's discussion hosted by Laurent Perello, the leader behind the Web3 Stronger Together ecosystem initiative. We do apologize for potential audio drops due to choppy internet connections. We edited the recording to the best of our ability. Welcome again for this uh, panel discussion 7, the rise of crypto gaming, how GameFi and Web3 are democratizing, sorry, my uh, French uh, accent always. GameFi and Web3 are democratizing the industry and pouring uh, player. I'm glad to welcome uh, Adil, Maurice and uh, Maria who should join uh, in a second. So I would like uh, first uh, that you introduce yourself guys quickly, Adil. Sure. Uh, my name is Adi Seidman. Thank you, Laurent, for having me. I'm a game developer turned entrepreneur. My original claim to fame is that I did the uh, online game for the movie The Matrix. Um, back in 1999. And uh, after that, uh, multiple um, apps and businesses in the user-generated media space. Um, I co-founded the world's uh, first online karaoke, which was sold to Fox MySpace at the height of MySpace. And did uh, You Now live streaming uh, app, which grew to about 120 million user sessions a month. 
in the past uh, five years been in blockchain, built a loyalty token business, and uh, a year ago started Revel.xyz, which is a um, social collectibles game. And um, that's, uh, you know, my, uh, my Web3 uh, happy space is uh, the uh, combination of my passion towards enabling consumers to express themselves through media, user-generated media, with my experience in blockchain coming together around uh, uh, social collectibles. Welcome again. Maya is still facing some uh, difficulties to join. We hope she will be able to join. So let's now dive uh, deeper in, in the current uh, topic. What is your current uh, point of view regarding the, the function of situation of, uh, of verism? What is the added your uh, excuse me the word, but a veteran like I am uh, in my domain. What uh, GameFi and Web3 are improving all of uh, GameFi and Web3 are improving the, the, the gaming industry and help to involve each one and everyone. What is the main difference in your point of view? Well, what's amazing is that um, people are building equity in their digital existence and digital identity and uh, through assets that are interoperable. And that's, you know, a revolution. I think that what we're seeing right now is um, less interoperability and uh, more, you know, play to earn and the initial value of the assets and the initial value and the utility within each silo of the services and the games that we're seeing in Web3, the next level of empowerment for users is indeed with there's more interoperability is going to happen where you can take your NFT and your asset, your gameplay thing and move it um, you know, between environments and really take advantage of your ownership. If you own a car and you move houses, um, you can bring your car with you. That's not always the case today just because uh, platforms are not as interoperable as they are going to be, at which point, you know, there's a lot of advantages for the players, for the users, for the consumers, including, you know, healthy competition between platforms in favor of users, more innovation, lower costs, and, um, you know, removing any kind of switching costs, increasing the utility and the value of the assets that you own, and um, really shifting a lot of the power, so to speak to the users and that's a very very good um you know promise of web3 in general and it's amazing to see the beginnings of that maurice what is your what uh, is point support uh, that statement but i would like to early in the development of web3 and gaming that promise happen so if you look at gamify uh, projects out there right now it's still very standalone but uh, by the fact that uh, if you look at blockchains and it's very very focused on their own block promise of a multi-chain is still steps i would say a chain is a precondition to have that in between the different platforms and between the different get chief that utilization over different platforms and over different games so each gamify will bring but we still have a lot to take to get there i do agree and uh, i really uh, try to convince uh, our layer one builders to better cooperate and because uh, I, I think that mass adoption we can't expect mass adoption without uh, having a, a better uh, multi-chain cross-chain approach uh, it's uh, for me one of the main uh, points facilitating removing uh, your asset or nft or collectible from one blockchain uh, to another one in a really uh, easy way and for now it's still a bit uh, 
uh, tricky. Apparently, Maria is uh, in a plane and she faced some uh, Wi-Fi uh, issue. I hope uh, she will be able to join. Adi, what what should we uh, web free gaming industry? What should we focus on to really be able to talk about uh, mass mass adoption? Point of view. Well, first of all, uh, you put this conference together and you call it Stronger Together, and uh, that's a really good title uh, in terms of uh, setting the vision for the industry. And I, I think that, you know, the breakthrough is going to come from a few smaller innovators who are going to uh, introduce the interoperability and from the consumers, from the users, from the players who will come to demand it. Meaning it's not just that the blockchains are not an, as interoperable as we all want to see them and they will be. It's also within each chain, the different games don't always recognize the contracts of the other games. You know, they give advantage to their own assets, all kinds of, you know, business decisions like that, uh, which are understandable. But this all breaks down um, and goes away as soon as the consumers are starting to experience that value in the assets and in their social equity being transferable to anywhere that they go and they bring the power with them to each platform. And so I think that it's going to come from the users who will get used to a new value proposition and will dictate to the platforms and to the blockchains of how they must behave in terms of being interoperable. It's really interesting what, what you say. And so which advice could we give to uh, all users, all people involved in Web3, in crypto, uh, blockchain, whatever the, 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 the world we use, to push builders to, to be more uh, open-minded and more uh, cooperative? I see, and it's the main uh, goal of Web3 Stronger Together. It's, uh, it's to, to say it's far away from competition. It's about cooperation, collaboration, and we can't expect Uh, delivering uh, this uh, uh, promise if we keep the same behavior and the same uh, business approach i mean uh, trying to to lead the market to dominate the market i think uh, we should engage more cooperation and uh, why not a cross gaming approach what is your point of view how user can really influence builders concretely yeah Uh, and and I let Maurice also take it, so I'll be brief on on this one. And I will only say that it is in the advantage of the platforms and of the projects and of the game to appeal to players who already have assets in other games and to create utility for those assets because you have a built-in distribution and a built-in user base as soon as you do that. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that. And that's where, you know, the little crack in the wall starts. Um, yeah. Maurice, I know that uh, to reverse, uh, I'm lucky enough to get uh, some uh, pr premiere. I know that you have, by design, a multi-chain approach. What does it change in your, let's say, the technical roadmap and in your relation with um, uh, users? And I want to say communities. We all know that in our industry, there is a lot of maximalists in each layer one ecosystem and how how you do you face this and how you are able to conciliate these different communities what is your approach yeah so i think there are three so one is the entity 
So that's a big feature, but I think it's still road to travel before we get there. Features one is the maximalist behavior, which is like a precondition to get to. And that's a very tough nut because what we have been doing, we, we started and now we are, let's say, engaging with different blockchain and multi-chain a promise together to, to get engaged in other blockchain. Some of the blockchain maximalists see that you in a particular other blockchain immediately coming up because that, oh, no, 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 that's the, if you do that blockchain, I don't want to work with you. So that's a hurdle to come over it needs to happen is if you look at a lot of the game effect trying to educate the users by saying in the develop, this is how it works and you're happy to play it and to like it. And what is that gamify projects actually listen to the user looking for what do they want? And so I see a lot of projects who are building pre-made mindset that they're looking for and then build accordingly. So, and after that first step, we need to maximalist behavior of certain blockchain to go into the interoperability of the assets, um, games and the game. And with that approach, we can uh, slowly but steadily bring to the promised level where it should be in Asia. Thank you. Thank you, Maurice. Adi, what is your point of view? Is it some, a real issue, this uh, maximalism behavior uh, in all the uh, layer one ecosystem uh, today for mass adoption? And how can we, using in, in the GameFi uh, segment uh, market, how can we try to also uh, change this uh, mentality? Uh, you know, uh, it's Bitcoin maximalist, Solana maximalist, Ethereum maximalist, and so on. And I do confirm what uh, Maurice uh, just said. For some project, it's really hard project to have a, a multi-chain uh, approach, philosophy. As soon as they integrate one blockchain, they, they often uh, lose user from over uh, layer one. How can we, we solve this? What really should we do? How can we educate people to be uh, more uh, open-minded? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And I think that the reality will uh, look at the, the maximalists uh, in the eye um, very soon. <laughs> uh, in a sense that, uh, you know, it's a uh, look, even we're seeing what Instagram and Instagram is not really in our industry, but you know, they're investing uh, tens of millions of dollars a year to uh, allow people to uh, mint NFTs on their platform, start to trade them, make collectibles, etc. They're educating hundreds of millions of people, not today yet, but you know, in the next 18 months about what it is. Those people don't care if it's Solana or if it's on Ethereum, uh, they just want it to work. And uh, I think that the, in that sense, you know, what's called Web 2.5 is a real thing that is uh, bringing users into the value proposition of Web 3, even if it is not with a full custody and the full understanding and whatnot. But it's starting to create behaviors and facts on the ground uh, with people. And, uh, you know, the maximalism behind the scenes is just a technology. It's just an empowering technology. The reality is what is the value proposition tomorrow morning for regular users and regular users really don't care about it. It is in the best interest of any serious player in the industry to be interoperable uh, for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, the maximalism here in this case is, uh, you know, maybe driven also by uh, speculation, by, you know, historical uh, uh, reality of uh, people getting very rich and other things that are of the past. Yeah, I do agree. And to go further in, 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 this, uh, in this particular uh, 
point of view. There is uh, some uh, industry alliance emerging. We have uh, a gaming industry, which is uh, chain agnostic. Do you think we, we could see also kind of uh, user gamers alliance that could push the pressure on project builders to be uh, more open-minded and to better cooperate with our uh, game and project? Really interesting question. And now that you say it, there is no doubt. I mean, guilds, groups, all kinds, um, they can have power, just like labor unions. And they can say, you know, uh, hey, we want to bring our business to you, but uh, here's what we need in order to do that. We actually like your game, but, you know, we don't want to show up there and start at level one. We want to bring our assets with us and benefit from, you know, the social equity that we built. So we could maybe recommend to, to gamers, people uh, involved in uh, GameFi, to put the pressure to create a DAO maybe and to start to uh, discuss, engage a discussion with a project, with builders to uh, force them or incitate them to change a bit their, uh, their mind, their uh, business strategy. Because I, I do think personally that uh, it's, it's useless to just uh, copy paste the same business approach that we see uh, outside in Web3. I constantly repeat that it's, for me, it's the perfect moment to experiment new business model, new business philosophy, new behavior, and better focus on, uh, more focus on cooperation, not only with, between projects, but also with the end users uh, who, who can take part in the, in the design and the evolution of the game or the project. Maurice, how, how do you uh, involve while you are building your toolverse? How do you um, engage people to to join, to support without having something yet to, to deliver and to let them experiment? What kind of uh, challenge it is and what have you tried experimented to, to create this uh, end user base before going live? Yeah, well, that's... Uh, that's a very tough challenge, uh, of course, because as long as you don't have something uh, tangible to show to the community, it's all about theoretical promises, right? So one of the things which we did is we had already a community available when we started to work on to reverse. So that gives a little base. But um, I think, and also connecting to the Instagram uh, example, which uh, we just heard, which I think is a, a great example. If we look at uh, blockchain in general, the group of users of blockchain, active users, uh, not talking about the amount of wallets, but the amount of active users in all the communities, it's pretty small. So if you want to bypass this uh, maximalist behavior, maybe you shouldn't fish in the little pool of uh, crypto users, but you should fish in the bigger pool of gamers. So draw gamers to your uh, solution, draw gamers to your games, and then when they are happy with the um, with the solution you give, with the platform you offer them, you can slowly and steadily convert them into crypto, rather than fishing in the little pool of crypto active users. And that's a little bit the approach which we do. So we have a group of little group of active users who know what we are doing, but um, we are uh, we will start our two reverse platform not only in blockchain but in the bigger uh, game 
gamer communities to draw in these type of people and then have them enjoy the game, have them enjoy our platform. And if they get interested about that little wallet in the upper right corner of our game, which is increasing in, in value and in size, they can choose to get interested in blockchain and they can choose to educate themselves and become a crypto person rather than taking it from the other direction. And I think that's a little bit our philosophy here. Thank you, Maurice. I also uh, know that you have uh, introduced a new uh, game file business model, tokenomics, called uh, We Earn, You Earn. C could you uh, explain us uh, what it is concretely? And then I'm curious to, to hear uh, the, the point of view of uh, Adi, Adi uh, regarding this. Yeah, sure. So if you uh, look at a lot of the uh, tokenomics for um, Gamify, it's what they call play to earn. But what happens in a lot of cases is that a token is created uh, out of thin air. And when you play the game to earn this token, which is a very inflationary token. So in the beginning, it seems like you're earning a lot, but the value depreciates over time because it gets uh, overinflated. What we do is we, we build a platform which has a real revenue streams outside of the gamers. Uh, as we um, as we build the world where you can have web shops, you can put advertisements and all this kind of stuff. And we use that revenue to actually buy from the market our existing token, which is already at maximum supply, and we distribute that to the gamers. So this token, which we distribute to the gamers and to the residents of our Touroverse, this is a deflationary token because it's, it's a text token. So it gets more rare over time and we buy it from the market before we distribute it. So it's not dumped on the users. It's bought and distributed to the users and backed by real income. And that's the we earn, you earn philosophy where we distribute part of our uh, revenue to our users from an already existing token, which has already an existing value and is already at a full distribution supply. And I think that model, we kind of safeguard this uh, protection against highly inflatable tokens, which are usually the base of the play to earn models. Adi, what is your point of view regarding uh, the, the different uh, business model tokenomics we see uh, in GameFi uh, until now? Is it sustainable? Should we reconsider what has been done and learn uh, our lesson to, to improve? I'm really uh, excited to see a uh, tool-verse approach. We earn, you earn. For me, it's really, really fair and more sustainable than uh, what we, uh, we, we have seen uh, Recently, uh, a lot of uh, move to earn projects for me on the paper, it was, it can't last. What is your point of view? We, we all know that for now, as our ecosystem is, we have to assume a really restricted, uh, a small, the price action is really, uh, impacts really strongly the user adoption. How can we go further and how can we solve this to really engage uh, for the, the long run and, uh, try to escape this high volatility, not only uh, regarding the, the, the token price, but also, uh, let's say, the user's uh, retention. Yeah, I think we're going through a classic uh, cycle of uh, experimentation in a new uh, world and in a new uh, business. User acquisition across the board is most important at the cost of sustainability, as you said, and this is exactly the right time for Maurice and Turo and others to 
um, say, hold on, hold on. We need better models. We need sustainable models. I think we see something similar also in the NFT marketplaces where, you know, they're uh, raced to the bottom to uh, cut the fees and find the new models, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, eventually they will land on something that is sustainable uh, and that uh, industry will also become uh, more mature, uh, et cetera. And I want to mention just, you know, another model that we are doing at the, you know, revel.xyz, which is, you know, effectively a social network where all the assets are ownable. We don't have a token. The tokens are the NFTs that users emit, the personal media that users publish. And uh, through GameFi Dynamics, we have what's called proof of demand minting, where you can't mint as much as you want. There is actually control over a healthy inflation in order to manage each person's uh, supply at the healthy levels, at levels that engage, at the levels that uh, and produce uh, the best possible uh, revenue for that person. If you have 5 million followers and I have you know, 500 followers, we have totally different needs for our uh, economic sustainability and the optimal uh, balance points. How do you manage that for me, for you, and for the millions of people in between uh, and simplify that? And that's, you know, an interesting uh, conversation around models around social fi and uh, social gaming. Um, and so, you know, the models abound and this is the, the type of experimentation and I take my hat off to Maurice for what they're doing. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Ali. Uh, yeah, I do agree. Uh, I constantly uh, repeat that for, for personally, I think we are still uh, at the experimentation uh, stage and we, we have to uh, stay humble when we talk about mass adoption because we are, in my opinion, uh, far away from uh, being really uh, ready. Following this way, uh, learning from uh, the, the past and uh, trying to improve, trying to innovate, not uh, just copy paste what was successful for a short period of time to try to extract some value quickly, but uh, rather being uh, one more time, having a, a, a long term vision. Thanks a lot, Adil. Boris, a, a last word before ending this uh, panel discussion. Well, I think it was very uh, useful. Uh, I, actually, I picked up some uh, some nice pieces of information uh, in this panel discussion, which uh, for sure we will bring back in our team discussion and see what we can do with that. Uh, so um, I'm happy that we had the opportunity to have this chat and this uh, open conversation uh, with uh, with the three of us. Brings uh, it's always good to talk to uh, other people in the industry who have their own visions and their own ideas because in every single conversation you pick up new things which can inspire you to make some tweaks or make some adaptations for your own project or a solution. So um, thank you for that. It was, uh, it was good. Thanks to you, uh, Maurice. It, it was uh, one more time uh, a pleasure. Adi, the last word for today. Yeah. Thanks yeah, again. I will... Thank you very much. Yeah, I know we have to wrap and uh, it was really uh, lovely to hang out with you guys and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks to you. It was my pleasure and uh, see you soon. Bye bye. Keep building together. Stronger together. Yeah, stronger together. Bye bye. 
Thanks again to our guests and thank you everyone for listening. Thanks also to the Barian Music team for providing their music. You can check them out on barianmusic.com. All of the supporting information is on our website, blockchainrecorded.com. You can listen to us on Google, Apple, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as on YouTube, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter and YouTube, where we are super grateful for your support. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you.